and welcome to London Film Club with me, Arazu Baker. This is your weekly look at all the biggest films to hit the capital screens this week. As ever, we are joined by my partner in crime and resident reviewer, David Brake. It just so happens that as well as those two jobs, he is also the editor-in-chief of film blog, One Room with a View. Today, we also warmly welcome back Mr. Ben Travis, who is the Evening Standards entertainment journalist. <laughs> we, have, we have a pair of giants of the movie realm for you today, so let's take a look at what's coming up on the show. We arm ourselves for an intergalactic takedown in Star Trek Beyond. Steven Spielberg is back on our screens with a humongous tail with a gigantic heart in the BFG. Plus, we get a quirky dose of life on a boat in Chevalier. Let's kick off the show with a franchise that has graced our screens for 50 years. It's a very long time. Yeah. Give us the plot line of this, Ben. Uh, so but wait. But wait. wait. Yeah, you go first. The Interjection. same thing is, is that you cannot... See that last clip we showed in the trailer? Don't watch anything more. This is our public service announcement. They just put out a new trailer that gives away a really big plot spoiler. So if, so if you hate spoilers... Yeah, if avoid. it comes on on the TV, switch over the channel if you don't want to know anything. Uh, we'll, we'll keep it spoiler free. Um, I'll go back to normal now. Go say, on. So this is, this is the he third... He threw you off completely. So this is the third film in the kind of revitalised franchise. J.J. Abrams, who obviously came on to do um, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, he revived Star Trek in 2009. Mm. This is the third film in that franchise following uh, Captain Kirk and Spock. They're three years into their five-year mission, so we find them at a kind of different place to where we have in the previous films. Mm. They're kind of everything's kind of fine. They're, not, they're just kind yeah. of a bit bored. Captain Kirk's feeling a bit restless. <laughs> Nothing really is kicking off. And he'll probably wish that it stayed like that because things soon dun, go dun, pretty dun. bad uh, when they kind of... Surprise, surprise. Yeah, of yes. course, always do. Um, they kind of go on this rescue mission that turns out to be a million times worse than they thought they would do, uh, than it would be. And the crew kind of gets split apart and they have to find their way back together and take on the evil enemy, Krull. Yes. Krull. Tell us a bit about Krull. Krull. I'll tell you a little bit about about Kral is that he's not very good and it's not his fault. It's not the most not, interesting villain, is he? It's not <laughs> Idris Elba's fault. That should be made true and clear. Mm -hmm. yep. It's the fact that he is so underserved by the script and his motivation and his sort of whole being is so underserved. So it's Idris Elba that plays Kral. Yes, yeah, so Idris Elba's the, the bad guy. I mean, that yeah. should be a really big sell yeah. of this. You, but, you um, should have something so intense and gnarly, like kind of like Luther, but in space. Like Kral, Kral! He's like Luther! But Kral. the problem is, is that one of the things is that with Luther, what they do on the TV show is obviously they focus on a lot on his face because he's got a very expressionate mm -hmm. face, like eyes and everything. But here you he's under a lot here. of makeup and CGI, and that means he has to rely on the script. And the problem is, the script isn't good enough. For a lot of the time, he's like generic bad guy with undisclosed beef. Yes. Like, we don't really, so it doesn't give you anything to hold on but to. Even judging by the plotline that you've given mm -hmm. and what you just said now, it's all pretty much, you can guess it. It's yeah, very yeah. Kind it's, of it's not the most shocking plot in the world. But what I will say is, that even though it's not the most like "whoa, I didn't see that coming" kind of thing, um, it's it's quite a tightly constructed script yeah, overall. Considering I would it say came that. through like scripting problems, it was, took a long time for this to, to mm. come following Star Trek Into Darkness. Which, um, what did you think of that? Because I I came across the Star Trek Into Darkness, I felt. It wasn't as good because I love Star Trek One, the whole reboot in two thousand and nine one. Yeah, yeah two thousand nine. And then Into Darkness, I thought they were sort of repeating the mm -hmm. same beat. But then obviously with this one, I thought it was much more sort of back on track. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you, th do you feel like this, does this do the franchise justice? I think it has. 
I don't think either of the sequels are as good as the 2009 film. No. This one has different problems to Into Darkness. Like, I don't think mm. Into Darkness is perfect, but there's quite a, quite a severe backlash about that film, and I think it still holds up in many respects. Mm. But the, the problems I had with Beyond, uh, this is a new director, so Star Trek and Into Darkness were both J.J. Abrams. This is Justin Lin, yeah. who did Fast various Furious. Fast and Furious films, some mm. of the really bad ones and some of the really, really good ones. <laughs> he really did like good Fast They're quite action-packed Fast, Fast and Furious yeah. 6, exactly. You'd expect him to get the action, like, bang on. But it's not and for me, right. yeah, the, the action scenes didn't really connect. There's lots of points where you can't really tell what's going on, yeah. and, and that's on a yeah. visual sense, and also in a, like a sense of scale. You don't see in your mind, okay, these characters are over here, these ones are over here. This is the big picture. It's very frantic. It's almost like you don't know where to look in the screen. No, but yeah. I, I kind of think that, that the, the action's not as good as we'd hoped, and I, mm -hmm. I agree 100% there. But I think what it makes up for is sort of. It, someone's been watching Guardians of the Galaxy, put it that way, in the sense that the action's not as good as Guardians of the Galaxy and the humor's not as good as Guardians, but it is funny. Like, I did watch it's it really and fun. I saw the flaws. I could see the flaws occurring in front of my eyes, but I did leave with a big smile on my face. I was sort of like, yeah. In fact, you can't even see him on this poster, but the real hero of this is, is Bones, Dr. McCoy. Yes. Um, he, like, Carl Urban absolutely kills it in that role. He's so yeah, funny he's... and really, like, dryly funny. And he's, he's the character who, in the previous ones, you always wanted more of him. Like, yeah, he's he given some room to He's given a lot more but I kind of felt like he time. overdid it for me. Do you think no. so? Yeah, I, I, his, I, the I, acting was a bit overdone, a bit like no, see, I, cheese what I, on what play. What I like most about this film, aside from the humour, is the balance for the characters. Like, yeah. each of them get their moment to shine. Like, Chekhov gets a moment to shine, mm -hmm. and, you know, Uhura gets a, a you know a moment to shine. So that it, I think that's well balanced, which is it's a good thing. It's less Kirk and Spock heavy, certainly, no, that's than true. the last couple. Um, but, but even so, like, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto, like, they've, they've done these roles a few times now, yeah. and they, they seem more comfortable in them than ever, in, in a good way rather than in a lazy way. Yeah. They just, like, the legacy of those characters must have weighed down so much it in the earlier have. films. Like, as 50 the... years is a very... Mm big legacy. I think it shows like, the, the franchise has endured this. Uh, I mean, there's still a lot to enjoy mm. in Star Trek Beyond. I think um, the balance of the action and the characters is generally pretty strong, even if not all those elements kind of yeah. thrive. Yeah. But I look forward to Star Trek 4. Like, they've already started. Yeah, they're I mean, no doubt. They're, they're going to go for it. And I think that this is a very, very good entry, like a good entry into the canon. Like, mm -hmm. it's a, a good, odd-numbered Star Trek film, which is something, you know, it's broken the curse. Yeah. And so, like, I look forward to Star Trek 4 because I feel, you know, that's they've got room to breathe now. I mean, Maybe yeah, they've, they've kind curse. of established the grounding for being able to go on and do more yeah. and more and more stories. The classic Star Wars rule, uh, Star Trek rule, yeah. oh my god, I'm going to get like yeah. killed by fans You're gonna die. was that the, what are the uh, even numbered films are not are good, are good, and the odd fi numbered films are bad. bad. And now yeah. we've had, what, 9 and 11. This one's 11? Something along those lines. But, good. Well, that means, but overall, it's, it, it's good. So how many popcorns yeah. would you give it? I'd say it's exactly like Ghostbusters last week, where it was, it's not the best, it's not the worst, it's right in the middle, it's a three. Three. Mm. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'd give it a three, but, I mean, considering it's been quite a disappointing summer overall, and it's this is one of the more fun films of the summer. Like, yeah. people go in maybe with slightly dimi diminished expectations after Into Darkness, and I think they'll generally enjoy themselves a lot. Mm. Even so, maybe middle great. of the ground three. as well. Three. Yeah, yeah that, perfect summer. I think yeah. that's a good Strong start. three. So, London Film Club is giving Star Trek Beyond three popcorns, but let us know how many you would give it. Star Trek will obviously be a, big, be a big hitter of the week, but let us know your thoughts on the film. Maybe you're a die-hard fan of the originals and wouldn't touch this with a barge pole. Either way, just jump onto Swiss... Uh, so I said Swishel again. Social, Twitter and Facebook and hashtag us at London Film Club. Next, we are talking all things massive, humongous, 
enormous and gigantuous in the BFG. The big friendly giant. Oh my god, it just makes you glow with pride, this oh, so film does. Good. Tell us about the plot. So, the plot, in case you haven't read, is adapted from the classic Roald Dahl book, and it's the story of uh, Sophie, who's in an orphanage, and she gets taken by, in a nice way, by the big friendly <laughs> giant, and they must work together to overcome some awfulness with some other more eviler giants. I'm speaking like Eva. a child. <laughs> everything about that. it, everything about it reads hit. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, this is like a killer combo of, of talent here. You've got Steven Spielberg directing, oh, Roald Dahl yeah. novel, mm. Melissa Matheson wrote the screenplay, and she wrote <laughs> E.T. Um, and you've got Mark Rylance as the BFG, kind of widely <gasps> so regarded good. as basically pretty much the best actor in the world. Yes. And yet, actually, it, this came out in the States and did barely anything business-wise. It's been a bit mm. of a flop overseas. What do the Americans know this about this film? A crime. <laughs> I mean, I think it will do better over here. There's obviously mm. Roald Dahl being a... a British author and it's such it's, a love it's story. It's a very yeah. like British story and tone yes, and the, the language and the humour. And so it comes across in the film a lot as well. Yeah. It's, it's unashamedly like an old like obviously the technology is really fantastic for creating the world and especially the giant, especially in the way they mask uh, Rylet's face onto the giant. But I think it is it's a very old fashioned, kind of big hearted family film for like all the family. Mm -hmm. Like in the way that only Spielberg can make these films, they're just it's a massive heart behind this film and it's just so Such lovely. Such a big heart. And that's not even a pun. It really is. You just kind of leave feeling like you're glowing. Oh, there's a wonderful glow to it. And I, I think this comes with all of Spielberg's films. And I think the main reason why this works, like, if it were any other actor, like you alluded to, mm. like, if it were any other actor, it could have been corny or could have, like, the accent could have been ooh-ah, ooh-ah. Like, it really would have missed the point <laughs> entirely. <laughs> but, like, Mark Rylance, with an actor of such deafness, such master of, of his craft, it's just, it's a dream team. It's a dream team. But didn't Spielberg really want to work with with him for like years. Yeah, they're like they're, they're kind of BFFs at the moment, let alone the BFG. Um, like, so Mark Rylance obviously was in Bridge of Spies, which mm. Spielberg um, directed. He uh, Rylance won the Oscar for that, and like that was just an amazing pairing. I think the thing with Spielberg that comes across is like it's just that like craftsmanship. Yeah. The, the, when you feel yeah. like you're in steady hands. Um, and evidently, Rylance liked working with him because obviously they've done this together. And then mm. he's going to be in um, Ready Player One, which yeah. I'm really looking forward to. That should be like a really fun Spielberg film. And he's also in the other upcoming Spielberg film that has a ridiculously long title that which no we one will ever remember. remember. But if you look it up, so they're, they're, they're kind of a really strong. But didn't you want to work with him for like 20, 20 years? years. He was like, I, I want mean, to work with you. you know, I want and to work I, with I feel you. for Mark Rylance, it paid off. <laughs> you know, wait 20 years, get an Oscar, be the big friendly giant. If anyone offered me that, I certainly would. You know, just Spielberg, call me. <laughs> but I think the main thing is that this... I really cannot stress that this film is a lovely film. Like, it's a it's really good film, and it, people need to see it because there's a, a genuine magic to it. Mark Rylance is fantastic, the animation is great, and this is Melissa Matheson, the woman who wrote E.T. This is her last script, and it's a gem. It's a real gem. And, like, she the never got to see the final brilliant. film, so it's the least we can do is go watch it and give it some money. The script is outstanding in this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even with all its kind of, you know, Cockney chat and... Uh... Yeah, well, it, 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 it captures Dahl, and I think the main thing is that if I were Roald Dahl and I took my... Like, I had a 12-year-old grandson, and I went to go see it, and, I, and he, you know, turns to me at the end of the film, and if I were Roald Dahl, I'd say, that's what I meant. That's what I meant to... That's what I wrote. That's what I did. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> and it's just... It really brings it to life. And if, if the greatest compliment is you can bring Roald Dahl's words to life, then, mm. pff, you know, job done, you know, quid's in. And Spielberg's definitely 
the right man for the. I'm, I'm a bit Spielberg biased, but you just yeah. can't deny the magic. It takes of this a lot film. of talent to put Roald Dahl on on the screen. Like it's not an mm. easy job to yeah. adapt him. As much as his stories are well loved, actually that creates these really high expectations, yeah. and they're actually very like they're really. I hate this word, but they're very like quirky stories. They're yeah. not like yeah, standard fair. stories, and they're it's not easy. London charm. Yeah, it's not easy to get that across. And I think the fact that Spielberg has done yeah. it here. Is so how many really how many popcorns would you give it? Oh, a strong four, real mm. strong four. Yeah, I do on that four. Yeah. Definitely the film of the week, right? I'd yeah, give it a I would. Five, I but don't... hey. <laughs> I'll settle with your four. <laughs> Our final film this week is one that I'm sure has a million different pronunciations. Chevalier. This is a quirky little number. Give us it the plot line. It is. Don't worry, I hear at London Live, uh, we always try and offer you something different. You know, you've got your Star Treks, you've got Diversity. your BFG, and that's what we're here for. So the plot of Chevalier is basically it's six sort of, we, we suppose them to be rich fishermen, and they're all on a big yacht on their way to Athens. And then all of a, all of a sudden, one night, the captain decides we, we must play a game. And the idea is we must rank each other as to who is the best. And each person gets their own challenge, and the winner gets the Chevalier ring. That's it's the, the challenge. It's the best in general, isn't it? It's man points the movie. Pretty Man, much, oh as, God, as it kind of good. set up in that trailer <laughs> that there. That is good. So it's just like a series of constant competition of um, yep. of kind of measuring themselves against each other in mm. various, various in ways. In many different Very ways. Very ridiculous ways. Yeah, I, I mean, this is like, like it's, it's a really funny film. It's quite a uh, deadpan satirical comedy about yeah. masculinity and about yes, this yeah. constant sense of competition. Um, and it's, it's funny, but it's also quite got its kind of darker moments as well yeah. of like what that means, like constantly like judging yourself against <laughs> other people. But and it's essentially a massive peeing contest, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> it really is. It's, what makes this good is because it's from a female director. Athena Rachel Sangiras is the director. Is she's ironic, done a lot of. Yeah, she's. She's actually only usually worked with all female casts. So for her to jump to an entirely male cast is that you you she's evaluating this in a whole new way, and she brings this sort of sort of fresh sort of uh, satirical take on it, and that's where a lot of the dark humour comes from. Yeah, I mean it's it's really sharply written as well. It's like every single line of dialogue mm. has some kind of purpose. I think people this will be a sort of cult film where it'll click with a few people. Yeah, I don't I can't imagine people rushing out to the cinema to see this, no, this but people yeah. over time will will catch up with it, and it'll mm. be on. It'll be in uh, like or on DVD up. and people well, won, pick it up. It's like you said, it won, a, it won an award. It. Well, it won the yeah. best film at the 2015 London Film Festival, at a very good London Film Festival. Mm. And like that is judged on by all the critics and everything. And I, I, it really, and I can, you watch it and you can see why, because it's got two sort of main things. It is dryly funny. Mm -hmm. Like there are scenes involving IKEA furniture that made me <laughs> laugh out loud. And then there yeah, are scenes which, there. and then you oh, sort God, of step back. And there's the scenes about like, commenting on sort of masculinity, which is sort of this sort of double-handed, really deftly handled. But the way it's well kind done. of scripted and made, it could essentially even be a play. Yes, it's yes. very kind of contained, and there is even like a slight sense of claustrophobia because like these yeah. six guys, they can't get away from each other, and that means that when they're constantly confronted with each other, they mm. feel the need, the constant need to like to prove to, themselves. To prove themselves in ways that then is just kind of denigrating mm. to themselves. Yeah, they kind of get a bit delirious as but well. Yeah, They're yeah. constantly just, like being it judged. It works so well on just, because it, it is just on the boat. Mm -hmm. And so you're trapped with them in that sense. And it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a rare thing for a director to be so comfortable within such a confined space. Yeah. Because obviously with film, you know, you can go anywhere in the world and go yeah. out of space as we've shown. But this, you know, they stay within, mustn't be like 20 square feet. And still, each character is really well defined. You know, there are six different men, and they all have something that you Their could describe about them. Yeah. So, Which, how, how many popcorns would you give it? I think I give it a four. I think I do give it a four. A four? Wow. Mm. I'd say a, th a three or a four. I think over time, it, a four. 
I think. Uh, mm. A three, uh, just because it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but for the people who really like this sort of stuff, it will be a strong four. Hmm. Oh, you see, I, I agree with you there. A three, so we'll settle for a three and a half. London <laughs> Film Club will okay. give Chevalier a three <laughs> and a half. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm putting the gauntlet down. Mm? That's it for today's show, but next week our screens are graced once again by Jason Bourne. That's it from Ben, David and myself, but remember, next Thursday, 7.30, we'll be right back on your screens. Till then, live long and prosper, my friends. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>